There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ascend, ascend with me, put your arm in mine, and we will walk together up the spiral stair of twilight. See how the rooms unfold in violet and smoke. See how the chestnut grain widens toward the bar. Sit with me a while, and we shall have an evening's escape in the moon underwater. Shakespearean rag is here in my hand as I use it to wipe down the bar at the moon underwater. And uh, sitting opposite me, as I complete the ablutions of the moon underwater, is the lovely Robin, my regular at heart. Robin, how are you doing? I'm great. I'm really good. How are you? I'm good, oh, because I've got this oh-ho-ho Shakespearean rag in my hand. Mm, That's from the wasteland. Is Is that what you're doing? Yes, it is. I'm. I've, I've actually got the original Shakespearean rag. Why are you saying Shakespearean? Because that's how T. S. Eliot pronounces it. Ah. I don't know whether he's just trying to fit in with his meter or his rhyme scheme or whatever. <laughs> you know, he makes his own choices. Yeah, he's picked his team. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A bit of windy pops here, quite quite deep into a bottle of wine here at the Moon Underwater. Mm. Uh, you join us at a lake juncture in the evening supping, and the Moon Underwater has revealed a beautiful Sicilian white wine to me, and I thank it, and I praise it, and I am it. Uh, but Robin, you and your pubs, for goodness sake, as I live and breathe, talk to me, give me your thoughts and feelings. The week in pubs, the pub in weeks. I should point out, uh, I'm John Robbins, and I'm the <laughs> landlord of the Moon Underwater, a pub in which we invite a guest every week to pick their dream bar and fulfil it with all of their deepest needs. I um, should point out. 
Yeah, sometimes I forget to do that. Because yeah. here at the Moon Underwater, guys, I don't know if you've ever been into a pub of the mind, but it sweats and it swathes, it hefts and it breathes in many ways. And I'm I'm sat amongst a great deal of sort of pub paraphernalia, all of which is very befitting. I won't go into any more detail. Um, but Robin, yes. you have... The smell of the pub about you, and not just because you're in a pub, but it's like you've brought in a smell from another pub. Well, last week uh, I met up with my friend Jack, and he came down to Forest Hill. And, you know, normally in Forest Hill, I just tend to go to the Sylvan Post, which is a lovely pub. Um, it used to be a post office. And opposite the Sylvan Post, there are two other pubs, the Bird in Hand and the Hill, which I've just never been to before. So Jack came down, we thought, well, let's do a little crawl of the Forest Hill region. And guess what? They're both great, really friendly, and t- two drinks in one cost the same as one over the road, if you know what I mean. No way, Jose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in the hill, they were doing karaoke, and Jack did a stunning rendition of uh, Find Me Somebody to Love by Queen. Somebody's Love by Queen. Yeah, can, can you find Did he hit all the note? Did he do the opening note? He did. He did the opening note? Yeah. Can... It's very hard to hit with no run-up. He did brilliantly, and um, unfortunately the mic wasn't working for him, so he had to really belt it into the pub. Wow. And then, Hang on. Yeah. So he's done... Can... And then he's gone... And I can't even do this. He's got, he's then gone up that scale. Yeah, he, he he nailed it. Amazing, amazing. And then I'm a big fan of singing Lady in Red. There's a YouTube video of me singing at the 9.30 Club in Washington, D.C. Um, and yes, so I did Lady in Red. Um, and would you like to hear a little clip of it? Well, yes, I saw footage in the press yeah. of uh, you doing Lady in Red, but I would love uh, our listeners to hear your rendition. There you go. What you're missing out on there is the the chalice of Stella I was holding as I was performing it. I found it, I must say, very moving. Yeah. Very high notes in that song, you know. I'm really, I've got a a bass. I think I I can go really low. I'm a low-voiced singer. No, Ted, he asked for someone (laughs) with a very boring voice. Well, uh, it's an interesting topic, karaoke songs that are harder to sing than you think. Angels, Robbie Williams. Yeah, that's hard. I tell you what, um, uh, Queen, another one bites the dust. L- lot of lyrics. Lot of lyrics. Lot of lyrics. And as Brian May said, Freddie absolutely shredded his throat doing that. He like pretty much sang till he bled because that is a tough song to sing. I mean, Queen are a good example of songs that everyone knows and probably sings along to, but actually to to hit the notes 
is almost impossible. Yeah. Tell you who is quite good. Maybe it's just my vocal range, but um, Smith's Morrissey. Well, that's another topic. Songs that are easier to sing than you think. Yeah. But I had a great night. And, you know, I think the, me- the, the moral of the story is, you know, try out these local pubs, even if... You know, for whatever reason, you think, oh, I might, you know, I'll go to the trendy craft beer place first. Go to the other ones. It was a great community uh, kind of feeling in there. Really, really friendly, really nice staff. Yes, because you never know what's behind those doors. And it may be from, it may be just from habit. It may be from a little bit of snobbery. It may be from just the a, a vibe you get from the exterior. Never jubber. <laughs> jubber. <laughs> never jubber. Never judge a pub by its cover. This is true, actually, because I wanted to say there's a great pub which we love a lot, and I won't say its name because the reveal is extraordinary, but the last time I went there, I did not like the vibe once I got there. It did not live up to the reveal. Okay, yeah, I know the pub you're talking about. I think it's something to do with their COVID regulations and the manner of the bar staff. Mm, yeah. They've got a little bit sort of uh, get them in, get them out. Yeah, this is the bar. The barman was really, really just off. Uh, are we talking about the one near KKZ? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know the puppy talking about, but we don't want to shame them. No, um, but they do have some uh, Google reviews that that back up our our theory. Mm. Anyway, uh, Robin, I heard you sighing. Yes, but over three octaves you sighed. I sighed. Yeah, my voice is in good nick, as you will have heard. Yeah, so yeah. So uh, talk to us about the mist. Got a lovely mist in um, from Gordon from Chester, now living in London, uh, in, uh, with the subject interesting pub names. Dear John and Robin. On the subject of interesting pub names, I'd like to submit for your consideration the fantastic Marlborough Arms in Chester. Officially, there is nothing particularly noteworthy about it, but if you look closely at the physical sign on the pub, you may notice, if you aren't already under the influence, that the name is actually spelt Marlborough Arms. M-A-R-L-B-O-R-O-R-O-U-G-H. <laughs> Marlborough. Marlborough Arms. An extra awe. Legend has it that many moons ago, the sign writer was doing his thing when he saw through the window a ghostly... Sounds like such a lie. <laughs> a ghostly apparition which gave him such a fright he committed the fateful typo that has been preserved to this day. My mother happens to be a Chester ghost tour guide, so I know this to be true. Well, you know the story to be true. You don't know the ghost to be true. But I love the idea of a typo happening in, like, paint. <laughs> Yeah, it's not yeah. like autocorrect. No, that would really, really cause havoc with American tourists. I think who struggle with boroughs as it is, Luga Baruga as Loughborough. You might call Marlborough. Yeah. Um, I hope it is of some comfort that even when we depart the earthly realm, our souls may linger on, enjoying our favourite pubs for a little while longer. Yours in pubs, Gordon. Love it. Do you think they have pubs in heaven, Robin? Yeah. And do they have pubs in hell? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorted. <laughs> Both options. Yeah. Well, thank you so much uh, for your missed mail. You can send your missed to john at moonunderpod.com. And if you would like to support us, if you would like to add a little bit of lilac to the dusk light here at the Moon Underwater, you can go to moonunderpod.com to support us on Patreon. Uh, hopefully, we'll have some more live dates in the future. 
and certain Patreon memberships get early access to those tickets. But Robin, Robin, Robin. Yeah. Look at the place. It's filthy or well, it's clean. Cu- it's both. Right. <laughs> at the same time. The tapestries yeah. are very dirty, mm. but the inlaid floor, which is a sort of parquetry, I think, if that's a word I could throw in, um, is absolutely gleaming. But, I mean, by contrast, the, the tapestries do look pretty weathered. So I need to give them a clean uh, before our guest arrives. So, folks, stay tuned for a new arrival here at the Moon Underwater. Robin, can you hear out of nowhere all this, the, almost like a symphony of running water, as if we've got sort of new pipes laid be, beside and above and below us, and and they're just just absolute streams passing all around the moon underwater. It's like being in the middle of a waterfall. Yeah, a symphony, you'd say. Yeah, I'd say it's it's a, it's a symphony of water because they're kind of also, they're all in tune with each other. Yeah, it's like an H two overture. Oh, that's good. Thanks, man. But it's strange because <laughs> I don't remember the pipe work being so so frisky. Well, I, I tuned the pipes recently. Ah, well, there we get to the bottom of the mystery, don't we? I tune them to the key of D minor. Oh, is that a good key? It's the saddest of all keys. Yeah. Is it? Well, cheer up, Pipes. You're doing a great job. <laughs> we love having you here. But it's very nice to to be dry, but to be in the sound of rushing water. Yes, yes. But I wonder if it's a portent of, uh, of a type. Perhaps our guest has... Because on some of the, um, the contraptions that we use to ferry our guests from the, the rift in time, um, if you use the toilet on them, then, then when you flush it, it can... It can begin quite extraordinary movements of water throughout the other realm. The correct realm, should I say. Is that fair to say, Robin? Fair to say? I mean, yeah, God, I don't know, really. Well, I've said it. Yeah. <laughs> I've said it, but it's quite elaborate pipework here yes, in the correct realm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think the, shadow, the shadowy figure at the door bodes no harm, uh, as it must be, our guest for this week. And indeed, into the moon underwater walks. Walks! He's got walks with him. So he remembered, because that's the one thing I'd forgotten. Uh, so thanks for picking those up. I, I, got, I got your memo. I got your the memo. one thing you can't get in the correct realm is walks. I've, I, brought, I brought them all with me with my chainmail. <laughs> hello to you and welcome Alex Vlahos, actor, star of stage and screen. Both. Tick. Tick. Nor one nor the other, but both the twain. Uh, you may have seen him in Versailles, Merlin, or Outlander. Yeah, all, of, all, all of the above. Which is a story about the history of the Mitsubishi Outlander um, <laughs> from its original conception. It, it's amazing that they managed to get six seasons out of that as well, isn't it? It is. <laughs> do you know, I thought it would be good for one season, but, but do you know what? Because they go... They go behind the scenes, behind the scenes. Well, it was like The Wire, wasn't it? Each each series was about a different aspect of the. I loved I loved the handbrake one. That was good. Yeah, the handbrake one was, and the bottleneck episode was just mostly based on the airbag. That was fascinating yeah. to me. <laughs> uh, fun fact: for for a while, John Richardson owned a Mitsubishi Outlander. Mm. 
Uh, yeah, uh, it was a hybrid. Anyway, <laughs> we're not here to talk about the Mitsubishi Outlander. We're talk t- here to talk about your dream pub. But Alex, first of all, j'accuse you of being born in Tumble. Oh, is that a bad? No, it's thing a great or thing. A good thing. Is this a great? Uh, hang on, hang on. I need, I need to interrupt you. It's upper tumble. Upper tumble. Because we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't talk about lower tumble. Do you not talk about lower tumble? Well, the lower tumbles definitely talk about the upper tumbles. Really? Because, well, I mean, they're constantly looking up at us, you know, in our sort of, in our steed, and our and our glory, and our basking in our sunshine. But no, um, no upper tumble. Yes, I'm from upper well, tumble. Yeah. Were you joining me in uh, an audio setting of a different hue? A conversation about tumble would now begin that would probably take about half an hour. <laughs> However, I I was I, I was in a car with said gentleman be- filming a show called The Tourist. For, oh yes, uh, for a tourist trap for BBC Wales, and um, and we started talking. Obviously, only spoke in Welsh. And um, said gentleman said, um, I, I used to play ice hockey. I played ice hockey for Cardiff Devils. I played for ten years. I played for Great Britain. I captained Wales. And said gentleman is obsessed with Welsh sporting success, which is lovely. Um, but he, um, but yeah, so that was mostly our conversation, and we had to act against each other. But that, you know, that that was that was secondary for Mister James. But Robin also has a life not far from Tumble because uh, he spent a lot of time in a big willy. <laughs> my my mum's from Abergwilly. Lovely, yeah, Carmarthen. Oh, we're all friends. We're all friends here, then, aren't we? Yeah, my my. I think my uncle went to the same school as Ellis, actually. But my 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 mum, Gwendryth. Yes, Gwendryth, yeah. I think it is Gwendryth. Which is where the Gorkies yeah. went, isn't it? Um, I don't you, know. Yeah, sorry, this <laughs> is my other stuff. It's one but, fact too many for me. That is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, my mum knows people who know Ellis's mum in that kind of small Carmarthen world, you know. But you used to, did you go every, every summer you used to go and see a big willy, didn't you, Rob? <coughs> we stayed in Abergwilly with my grandma, yes, and um, I... Very... It's a lovely family-friendly day out. Well, it's a beautiful part of the world. I used to love going there. It's but... a very beautiful part of the world. I go there very often. So were you, af- after a day's filming and they call cut, were you to return to your Winnebago and find it replaced with your dream hostelry, what would we be seeing? Well, so going back to... I, w- I, I, I miss ice hockey. I miss it with a passion. And I would love... I, I don't think it's possible, apart from maybe in Iceland, but I would love if the floor was made of ice. Oh, wow. <laughs> like it, like it. And I would love it if you, before you entered, you put your, your brolly in the little bag and you took your hat and your scarf off if it was a cold winter day and, and you were greeted by a lovely, you know, a, a, a gentleman that's got his face, looks like it's been chiselled out of a block of wood. One of those people who hands you a nice clean pair of ice skates that are perfect to your size. He knows, ex- he doesn't even have to say a word. He just hands them to you and he asks you to skate over to the bar in the middle, one of those circular, beautiful round bars that you can you can tackle from every side, and um, yeah, and and if you can't skate particularly well, there will be some you know beautiful man or beautiful woman that will just sort of guide you there and hold your hand before you get your first drink. That's very nice. I mean, it's an unusual pub, isn't it? And quite quite a risky pub as well. You know, I feel like I feel like I feel there's going to be a lot of <laughs> there's going to be a lot of broken bones, but. You know, people yeah. are coming for the experience, aren't they? I can't ice skate, and I also hate the idea of it. I've only been once, and I end, ended up in hospital when I was about seven. Oh, could I? I'd love to. After this, should we? Should we go? Yeah, no, I'll I take would. You. I would absolutely. 
I don't like anything that puts my ankles at risk, and I don't like anything that sort of balance your balance is an issue. I've got quite good balance, but I don't want the risk of me losing my balance to be injury. See, okay, Robin, I feel like I've, I feel like this. I'm lost with John. Robin, would you? Um, I used to enjoy doing it, but I wasn't very good at it. Um, the idea of drinking while doing it doesn't. <laughs> Fill me with confidence. <laughs> there must be, there, there, there is a section, obviously, where you can stand and there's no ice, so must be, but I feel like the first entrance. I'm, I'm, so you, whatever you want in your pub, you get. So you've got this. I, my concern is I think there's a reason why this doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, 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 listen, I, I, I hear you. I really do. But I... But Imagine it's a big circle and the outer circle is sort of a wooden area with booths and tables yeah, and chairs. Yeah, like kind of, kind of like a wooden Canadian yes. cabin with sort of nice slats and some little... And also there's like... I love those open fire pits that they have, you know, sort of Ooh, open yes. pits. And they can have them dotted around. Because um, I feel like, um, even like subconsciously, I, I, I keep rooting back to my... Um, to sort of my Merlin days. It was my first real big, big sort of job that landed me. And, you know, you're covered in either chain mail or fur. And, and it always, it, every, every great scene was gathered around a fireplace. So I feel like people wanting to sort of, you know, have that deep, meaningful chat inside my pub. I feel like little fire pits got botted around and a nice little ice pad in the middle. The bar staff could be on skates and they could deliver drinks to those who didn't skate. Mm. And those who do skate, like like in those nineteen seventies roller 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 um, yeah, yeah, burger yeah. joints and stuff I like, like that. that you see everywhere. I like it. Um, okay, brilliant. So, so, so John, would you are you are you still gonna? Come I'm gonna to come to the pub. I'm not gonna put on any ice skates. Would there be any fights? I mean, ice hockey is quite famous for for, for punch ups, isn't there? Would, would would that be an issue? For sure. But have you seen the figure skating in the Olympics? Have you seen any punch ups? Yeah. There? <laughs> Just because I think it's because they get given sticks and pads. I feel like that, and and also they're men that have either just come out of prison or about to go into prison. So I feel like you're this, this. They're on their way, or they've. Come, it's the the fight is is part of something that's long held in grudge warfare, you know. Whereas I I feel like if they if it's a nice pair of skates and a nice drink at the end of the bar, hopefully they'll yeah. Be let, let's have a bouncer on skates just in case as well. But, you know. Yeah. Oh, that would be funny! Like someone like six seven, yeah. six eight. He's got he's got the tear duct tattoo, you, you know, and he and he's and he's in his beautiful white plimsoll <laughs> ice skates, just sort of dotting around the place. Hello, we have this superb podcast called We Didn't Start the Fire, the only podcast started by Billy Joel. It is the most original, fascinating, and random way to learn the story of the 20th century. Oh, pretty darned random. And we are joined by some pretty incredible guests. I only wrote stuff that I wanted to hear. If it turned out to be a hit, it was pure dumb luck. With me, Katie Puckrick. And me, Tom Fordyce. This is We Didn't Start the Fire, the only podcast started by me, Billy Joel. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. plushcare.com slash weightloss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weightloss journey than with plushcare. Plushcare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weightloss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weightloss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. plushcare.com slash weightloss. So at this bar that you can only access via skate, what, what are your first choices, your draft choices, please, Alex? My draft choices are... Um, <laughs> you're going to laugh, but I feel like... I feel like most of my things that I'm going to say today are going to be apologetic at the start and there's going to be a very lovely reason behind it. So I'm immediately saying sorry that the first thing that'll be on draft would be Carly. <laughs> wow. Yeah, because my dad doesn't drink anything else. He doesn't. He, I've honestly, I feel ashamed being on this wonderful podcast to be talking about someone who is so, I've tried so much to broaden his horizons. With. But it's the most popular beer in the country. You can't have a you can't have a go at someone if something's popular. It's because people like it, and it's not the first time it's been on in the moon underwater. Actually, Alist- Alistair Green time. chose uh, Carling. Titty, titty. Wow. Okay. So yeah, it's, I I feel like I would love my father to come to this pub. My father can skate, he, so he so I, he, that'd be fun. But it's um yeah, I, he won't drink any. I've tried. I've I've really tried. I've I've even bought him those you know those like multi packs of different coloured and you know, different IPAs and, and and it's really advertised well. And I thought. Even one Christmas, I think I gave it, I was, that was, the plan was that he would get a month delivery. So there was 12 yeah. of them. And I think it got to about February where he said, Alex, I'm not drinking. So what, what, does he drink other lagers? I mean, at a push, he'll drink a Peroni. At, at a, a push. push. A but Peroni he, at a push. He, he won't be happy. He, he won't be, ha- he won't be happy about it. He'll be, he'll be like this. He'd be sort of squinting almost. Yeah, no. So after Alistair Green had been on, I think we were recording an episode and I got four cans of carling just to see what it was like and it wasn't that bad i mean it's not like disgusting you know it's it's perfectly drinkable you know i i, I agree with you it's, i just i just think there are better yeah. there, are, there are better there yeah. are better options let's say so yeah carling is going to be my first one because i i just i would love i'd love to not have a pub that my dad couldn't visit Mm, oh, that's, that's so sweet your first selection is a selfless selection mm. alex and i think that speaks a lot to your values Oh, thanks, mate. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> What's your second option? My um, my second option is well, funny if I was just listening to um, your Josh Widdicombe one, your Josh Widdicombe one that came out, and you mentioned Red Stripe. Well, you mentioned the, the Orangey Boom on tap in a, in a certain pub, right? And the fact that and so Red Stripe for me takes me straight back to my college days, my drama school days, where it was like a quid a can in this shop on opposite on, on Miskin Street, opposite the Sherman Theatre in Cardiff. And there were six of us living in this house. Six of us. And I'll tell you this amazing story where I, I was seeing this girl and I was at the girl's house and it, it was 3am and I thought, I'm going to go back to my bed. So I walked back to the house and I opened the door and a friend of mine was coming down the stairs on, a, on an ironing board. Like straight out the door, almost Macaulay Culkin-esque for Home Alone. And... I was like, and it was the the biggest party I've ever seen in, in this house. And I walked through the living room and I immediately looked up because there was this cloud of dust. I thought the ceiling had collapsed. 
And um, and my friend who comes from down the stairs, he's like, don't go in the kitchen. And I said, I've already been in the kitchen. He said, I've already been in the kitchen. Um, he decided because it wasn't snowing. This was around Christmas time. It wasn't snowing. He decided to go and buy uh, 12 bags of flour and decided to make it snow inside. So, um, and I, I always put it down to that my visual image of that room was this Coke, this inch of floury caked thing because it became quite caked with liquid oh, and God, like glue. Disgusting. And about a bazillion dotted, crushed, half-standing cigarette one of Red Stripe. It was like a, it was basically like the worst commercial for Red Stripe ever, really. Um, and it, but now looking back, it makes me smile. It's a great, it's a great story. But, um, but yeah, it was, but it just reminds me. I think for me. the first time in my life, I feel sorry for a landlord in this uh, situation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was livid because I had a PlayStation 2. And you know those PlayStations have like those vents, you know, those little air vents? Um, it was it was completely ruined because the flower was all in it. It was impossible. So, um, yeah, his name is Matthew Aubrey. He's, um, he's from Port <laughs> and, and a very I'm just naming and shaming him. No, he's a wonderful guy. But I mean, just those... Yeah, just those times, you know, it, it, it takes me back. And even the smell of it, the smell of it takes me, and the click of the can takes me straight back to those summer days in summer, summer days between first and second year of living in this wow. student house in drama school. But you're, so you're choosing Red Stripe on draft to go with Carling. I like the idea that there would be a genuine possibility that once you've opened your ice skating Canadian log cabin pub, your dad would refuse to go unless they had Carling, even if they had Red Stripe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, no, that is exactly, I'm not, Red Stripe, no, no, I'm going to go for the other stuff. But yeah, so th- those are my two draft selections. I feel like um, one, f- as they say in acting, one for me, one for them. That's basically what that is. Yeah. In a nice pub, in a nice pub, in a nice pub, in a nice pub, in a nice pub. Well, we move on to your cans and bottles to accompany Carling and Red Stripe. What's it going to be? Because there might be quite a lot of broken glass on this ice skating rink. <laughs> sure, I'm going to go. I'm going to go from 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 the from the lowest of the lows to the. I, I hope the the nicest of the nice. So I'm, I'm having a, a lovely bottle of White Sancerre. Oh, like um, it. From 2017, 2018, from the from the Loire Valley, having lived in. I lived in Paris for four years, having filmed in Versailles, and and I'm now married. Married, I just got married about a month ago to um, to a French for a French lady. Um, so I feel like I've my palate of um, of wine, of, of tasting wine, understanding wine has grown exponentially. And Sancerre is just the one my go to. It's my it's my go to present buying. Does that make sense? You know the the gift you like who uh, to impress Julie's to my father in law Julie's dad. I. It was straight with, I think this will go down well. And it did. It's a good wine to buy people who like Sauvignon Blanc. Because it's the same. Because it's a very similar, or, or it's from the same family, isn't it? But it's just a sort of a, it feels classier. It feels like you've put a bit more thought into <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. I reckon. Yeah. They've rebadged it. There's <laughs> a it's a new yeah new updated model, but no, I I think it's wonderful, and um, it just and again, it, um, having lived in Paris for four years, it was it was my sort of if the, if it was on the menu I, on the sort of the wine list, then I would it would be the one, and it also like you said, John, it, it it makes you it just for some reason it makes you feel or makes you sound sophisticated. <laughs> I don't know why that is, but it's like I'll have the bottle of the Sancerre better than. The Sauvignon Blanc. I don't know. I don't know what that is. It's strange because, like, 
I was talking a few weeks ago about how I wanted a rosé that was like those sweet rosés you get, like sort of Echo Falls and Zinfandel, but I wanted one that sort of been, was like a proper grown-up version of that. And they don't really exist apart from this one called Rosé d'Anjou, but I think even that is still a sort of probably looked down on in France. It's probably, you know just they mix a load of sugar with what's left in the tank from a bad harvest but I did buy a couple of bottles of rosé d'Anjou and because it was eight quid as opposed to four quid I felt like a better person <laughs> drinking it <laughs> and it tastes very similar yeah. isn't that isn't that it in a nutshell it's like does it does it make you feel better in any sort of way before you've before you've had it and for me ordering it makes me feel immediately better so maybe it's that maybe maybe it's just the ordering of it I don't know so it's Sancerre, 2017-18, from the Loire Valley. I'd love to go to the Loire. Have you ever been to the Loire Valley? Well, I'm actually getting married again to the same woman, but not, um, in, in, on May 28th of this year at the Chateau de Bourneau, in, in, in a chateau, <gasps> in a castle. Amazing. Um, Congratulations. Um, because Thanks, thanks. So yeah, we did the legal bit, but now but it's in the Loire Valley, so it's it's in Vendée, so it's, it's, and apparently Vendée in the Loire Valley is the hottest sort of continent bit. In, and for summertime, so hopefully, you know, I'm saying this now, it's probably going to rain for the whole weekend. But no, but yeah. So I'm just. Are you going to get roused? So this is this is dangerous territory. <laughs> but I'm having my stag on the Wednesday before the wedding on the Saturday at the chateau, oh. only to cover myself because I'm afraid that if if I ever went on a stag, that I would get lost. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. So I feel like having the stag at the chateau. They might find me in like a couple of fields away, but at least I'm not in a different continent yeah, or country. Yeah, for two or, days yeah. recovery, that's okay. I mean, I feel yeah. like that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll soon find out. Now, we'll soon find out with a with a with a with a penis sharpie <laughs> on my face, and you know, and see. And, and, but yes. So, what's your second choice to go along with this superb Sancerre? Um, I'm a big fan of orange wine. I love oh, orange wine. Talk to me about what orange wine is, please. Well, it's it's, it's skin con the skin contact on the grape, right? That's, that's left on the grape. So, um, so, and I don't think they they don't think they 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 do it for as long. I say this. This is me on Zoom showing these two gentlemen. I think these, these are feet. I mean, you get it, right? I'm an actor. You can tell. Three years of drama school just for this, you know. But um, but yes, but I'm I just. So there's an amazing restaurant. I don't know if you both have been, if you both if you've been to London, but there's an amazing restaurant in Stoke Newington called Premier, um, and it's run by a French guy. And he introduced it to me called uh, Orange Wine, and it it looks like it's got loads of sort of discharge <laughs> at the bottom, and it it doesn't look particularly appetising. And it looks like a cross between a sort of you know a really a, a white lightning that's been left out in the sun for too long, and um, and it, uh, for me it's. Well, it gets me drunk very quickly. I don't know why that is. So, is it a natural it's, wine? Is that that's what they call it? Isn't natural, it? Natural, yeah. Bio and the skin, the skin contact remaining on, and um, I don't think they. I don't think. See, I'm not the scientist behind this, but I just know that I like it. <laughs> John's flipping all the big questions about what, what it is. I don't know, Pam. Yeah. It tastes good. Well, I've had natural <laughs> wine before, and it was not a good experience. I got very excited. I didn't get any orange wine, but I did get three bottles of natural wine. It cost a hell of a lot of money. You went big then. You went, you went three. Let's go three straight. And I've got to be honest, they all ended down the sink because they just tasted of vinegar. Is that the taste? Well, the, can I, What's can, the taste Can I profile? recommend you one? Yes, you can, because I want to know exactly which one you want. It's, it's, it, feel, it feels like it's, it feels like it's um, 
it feels like it's quite uh, flat. Does that, I don't know, flat in a good way. Do you know, sometimes you have wine, there's, there's, a, there's a bit of bubbles in it or something like that, but it feels quite flat. And it doesn't, with red, you know, you can sort of do this with your glass and then you can see if it's syrupy or if, it's, if it sticks on the glass. With this, it feels quite watery, actually. So water, but, but, uh, but I just love, I love the taste of it. It's, it's almost like, um, it's like a, like, a, like a fruity white. But you know when you have fruity whites, and I mean like the bad fruity whites, like the Blossom Hills of the world, and it's too acidic and it gets you here and, and it, it tastes like carpet cleaner. Well, this, this feels for me is, feels like it's the, it's the best of everything. So what's it called, this specific one? So the, the one that I highly recommend, which is the one that I go to, is called Bodegas Morazza Rioja. And it's a 2018 bottle, um, and it's um, and it's I think it's really I say, I say really cheap. It's it's 21 pounds, um, so it's not really cheap. Bodegas Morazza Rioja, but yeah, it's my go-to, and I just and again, I'm now realizing you guys are like therapists for me. I think this is how how much do you charge? Um, is is actually it's about it's about impressing people. <laughs> 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 again, again, it's it's literally me buying stuff. I like it, but I feel like. It's the thing. Hey, come over here and have this orange wine. Oh, what's this? It's a conversation starter. It doesn't end up down the sink. You what know, is it? Yeah. What's on the cover of this? I'm trying to find it in my mind, this Bodegas Morazza Rioja. I can't find I it can't, I, I mean, I think they've changed. I think they've changed it. Are you spelling Morazza right? Oh, I think we're here. I think I've got it. One of the tasting notes is intriguing. I've got a tasting note here that says that they're so intense that you might want to make sure you're sitting down when you first taste them. That is a hard sell and I love it. <laughs> is it um is it stronger uh, orange wine because of the Yeah, it's I think well it's, I think I think it's yeah, I think it's I think it's I mean I think it's 13 14%. I don't know if that's stronger. Well, than the one I'm looking at is 11 and a half, so that's actually slightly weaker. Oh, for sure. Okay, here we go. Is it called Four Caminos? That's the one. Yeah, so it's 11.5%. Okay, I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to give orange wine another go. Give it a go. I'm going to give it a go. If everything else fails from now on, at least I've done one good (laughs) deed today. It's good to to experience new things and also not to write things off too early doors because I sort of wrote off natural wine. Well, I think you're conflating things here. I don't think orange wine is a type of wine. not, Not all orange wines are natural wines, I would say. No, but I think they're part of this sort of low intervention movement, which the na- the natural wine is sort of. I think that's like interchangeable with biodynamic and low intervention. I think we I mean, we shouldn't have started a podcast about booze when we know so little about it. Really, should we? <laughs> well, not a lot of people know much about natural wine. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> you can't get it. You can't get it in Tesco's. Let's be honest. Do you guys? Do you guys mind if I just interrupt and have a, and have a, Please. have a drink? I've been saving this for this what you, podcast. What are you drinking? So I'm drinking some. Um, I don't know if you can see, it's called Cross. It's Crossroads Brewery. They're a local brewery in Durham. I went to a comic con recently in Durham, and it's mead, but it's not just normal mead. It's banoffee mead. Oh my god! It's mead that tastes like banoffee pie. Oh, tell me about mead. Shall I read you the back? It says, "What is mead?" Mead, created by Vikings, was the first alcoholic drink which was crafted by fermenting a mix of the finest yeast, succulent honey, that glistened in the dark and water from the tears of slain giants and gods. I don't think that last <laughs> bit's quite accurate, but the, fa- but, the, but the dark and the water, and I thought water, this being the thematic tonal thing of this episode, then yeah, so I'm going to have my sip of my banoffee mead in front of you. Are you a big mead drinker? Or is this sort of a first, first foray? 
This is well, I look how much is left. <laughs> is that is that strong? Is that stronger than a, a, a what are we talking like seven eight percent something like that? Yeah, if this is thirteen percent. Oh right, 13%. okay, right, yeah, yeah. And I, it's one of those things with with mead is that I don't know. Is it is this is it like whiskey? Do you have that much? Do you have it? I think you like drink it like wine. With I, I, I think you base your amount on the the alcohol content. Really, he's having a big swig. Tastes like a banoffee pie. It's a lovely. One. We were just chatting about. We were just chatting we about. We were just mead. chatting about mead. Actually, before you arrived, because I'm drinking a beer here. Which we, we're doing our monthly podcast record of behind, which is called Behind the Cellar Door, and we're doing beer tasting. And I'm drinking this Hiver beer, which has got honey in it, which is really oh, nice. Wow, great! Does it? It's is lovely. It nice? Yeah. I'm I'm a sucker for anything that tastes like a dessert. So I used to vape, and I'm watching John vape now. And my, and I used to vape. I, I I met a girl who hated me smoking, so I I quit for two years and vaped. And my go-to taste on vapes was like peanut butter or tiramisu <laughs> was one of the or, or 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 cheesecake. Or there was one that I found in France that that was profiteroles. Oh, nice. <laughs> so I would always so I so the house would come back. She'd come back from work, and the house would just stank of. Of a, a cupcake shop. Well, that's you know? a nice thing to stink that's on. That's great. I like the idea of French vapes being different to ours. Like there's one of a freshly baked baguette or something, or Galois. <laughs> Galois, just just the very specific <laughs> yeah, yeah, brand of cigarettes. Yeah. Yes, Galois. Um, but yeah, so I used to vape all the time, and that's that was my go-to. So I think for me, I've just tried that very quickly. Um, the banoffee, the banoffee mead is is it's delicious, delicious. Well, we await to see if your sweet tooth is going to feature in some of your other choices. But before then, we must head over to Robin for the Moon Underwater Pub Quiz. Okay, everybody, pens out, eyes down. It's time for the quiz. He played for Zimbabwe, but he was born in South Africa. I know Alaska is bigger. That wasn't the question. Put your phone away. Right, Michael Jackson's Funky Monkey had been deducted five points. Thanks, John. Welcome to this week's Moon Underwater Pub Quiz. No phones, no Googling, because you're just Googling yourself. As ever, I will ask three questions and I will provide the answers in part two. And this week is a very rude quiz... Oh dear. As I ask questions about the F word. Oh dear. Yeah, it's Brilliant. a word we all know and love. Are we allowed to say the F word on this podcast? Yeah, we can, but I think we draw the line at we draw the line at the C word. We're not on a podcast, we're in a pub. Oh yeah, sorry. You say what you like in a pub. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I apologize. of course well I, I should have I should have sworn earlier then. I apologize for, for, for taking it back. I, I said frisbee instead of <laughs> Frisbee. Frisbee. <laughs> That's great. Frisbee. <laughs> There's um, you know how we say sugar instead of uh, shit. There's a good uh, my French friend Lionel. Instead of saying putain, he says puree, puree <laughs> sauce. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. That's great. Anyway, we I try not to swear because my nephews sometimes listen to this. And um, anyway, it's fine. But I'm going to say the F word, not the actual F word. If you see what I mean. Oh, so three out. questions. <laughs> What's that? I said, what a cop-out. I, w- I want you yeah. to say it. <laughs> you want me to say it? Uh, well, I'll say it once. And you have okay, to, great. And I'm going to surprise you. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> Question one is, is the, so this is one where I need you to get as near as possible to the number. Question one, how many times is the F word used in the film Scarface? Cocaine enthusiast 
Tony Montana how many times is the word used in the whole film, not just by him. That's me doing my really bad Pacino mix, mixed with someone who's clearly having a stroke. Okay, question two. You might know this one, actually. In what year was the F word first spoken on BBC television? Bonus point if you know who said it. In what year was the F word first spoken on BBC television? And a bonus point if you know who said it. Okie dokie. Question three. On Radio 1's chart show in 1993, Bruno Brooks accidentally played the unedited version of which song, which contains five instances of fuck. It's fact-checking Robin from the future. It's actually 17 times. Can you tell me what year again that was? Uh, 1993. I said it then. I said the F word. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so those are your three questions. Very rude quiz about the F word. Very rude quiz about a very rude word. Well, we leave you now, folks. This is the end of part one of Alex Vlahos's Dream Pub. And it's an unusual one. It's got ice on the floor and skates at the door and a wood-chiselled face handing you your boots. It's also got, uh, I think probably more because for for my comfort, it's got a wooden outer ring uh, where those who are averse to skating or risk-averse are able to enjoy their drinks brought to them by the bar staff on skates. Inside, he has carling for his dad and the red stripe for his memories. He also has a white Sancerre from the Loire and a Bodegas Morazza Rioja. Four Caminos, 11.5% orange wine. Uh, If you would like to hear Behind the Cellar Door, the bonus missive that Robin and I record in the cellar here at the Moon Underwater, you can go to patreon.com forward slash moonunderpod to find out how to support the podcast and get the free goodies. But we will see you back very soon for part two, where we will get the answers to the rude quiz and also the rest of Alex's choices. Bye-bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.